This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about gravy. Yes. <laughs> the puns, the puns, Lauren. Oh. I I think I've said this before, but for some reason, there was a there was a period in my life where I was working as a, a teacher for kind of younger children, and I had to get rid of curse words um, out of my vocabulary. And I started saying things like holy guacamole and for some <laughs> reason, good gravy train. And that is something my friends all make fun of me. I still say it. I don't know where it came from. Like in my own personal life, I don't know where it came from. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So, no, that's um, that's delightful. I mean, I I for sure, when I'm not on podcasts, cuss a lot more than I do on podcasts. But mm-hmm. or the, the, the substitute words have sneaked into my real life like heckin'. Yeah. So, you know, they're fun. People don't expect are, them all the time. Right? Um, also, I, I've discussed before, but uh, as we're recording this, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up. One uh-huh. of the things that I make during Thanksgiving is giblet gravy. And Ooh. I will tell you, it's a sensitive dish. Yeah. I 
I figured it out, but it requires a lot of like moving off of heat and moving back onto heat and whisking constantly. (laughs) It's sort of like my biggest, that and the turkey are my biggest points of stress during the cooking. It can, it can go, it can go pretty wrong. (laughs) Yes, it can, Lauren. Um, (laughs) It can. But, but it's so worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And it's like most people's favorite thing, which is really funny because it's sort yeah. of like a topping of other <laughs> right. of other things. But people mix it with like everything else that oh, is yeah. in any way savory. Um, but it, it does require like the drippings and then we put cornstarch in there, uh, the giblets, obviously. But it's it's a whole it's a whole process. It's a whole yeah. thing. Um, also, here in Atlanta, we have this restaurant called Homegrown and they have this this signature dish we've talked about them before but they have this signature dish uh called the comfy chicken biscuit and it's got like this chicken gravy i've only had it once in my life i think that's enough for me because uh-huh. it's so rich it's so it's rich delightful. oh it's lovely yeah it's um, so good it's a type of uh white gravy with i believe a chicken sausage involved mm-hmm. and oh and such a good biscuit and they put a yes. piece of fried chicken on there usually and mm-hmm. oh no so good it is. It's so delicious. It's huge. That's part of the issue. It is. Oh, yeah. It's like the size of my laptop. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Uh, and speaking of, a lot of times when you talk about gravy, biscuits do come up. Um, so you can see our biscuit episode for more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe other episodes that we've done, like uh, aspics, uh, jello, mousses. Bouillon for sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe our history of French cuisine. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely involved. And this one, as we're going to talk about throughout, there's so many types of gravies. Um, there's debate about what a gravy even is. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> yes. So we're doing kind of a broader look, but please understand, we understand. Yeah. Uh-huh. That there's a lot that there's a lot that this encompasses, and we would. As always, solicit you for your thoughts, uh, what gravy is to you, what gravies did we miss, all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I guess this brings us to our question. Sure. Gravy. What is it? Well, uh, gravy can come in a lot of different styles, but it is basically a sauce that is made from the drippings of meat or other savory things as they cook and thickened with some kind of starch. Uh, Drippings being fats and other liquids and flavors that run off during the cooking process. Gravy is often meant to be served uh, back on top of whatever the drippings came off of or on top of often starchy side dishes served along with whatever the drippings came off of. The definition has also been extended to other savory sauces and even sweet sauces, uh, but but in essence, you're talking about a foodstuff meant to season and moisten dishes um, and add a bit of a smooth uh, and or creamy texture, even if there's no dairy involved. It's warming and salty and savory, maybe a little bit spiced or spicy, and can really tie a dish or a plate together. Um, it's like a... It's like broth got thick and like you are here for it. Like you are proud of its life changes and it's and it's living its best. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, um, like when you say the word gravy to a dozen random humans, each one might think of a different thing off the top of their head. 
uh, I think of brown gravy, which is a type typically made from meat or poultry drippings um, that are thickened by adding flour to the pan, whisking to make a roux, and then um, thinning that to a pourable consistency with a stock, maybe a bit of wine or beer or other seasonings, whatever. Um, specific categories of this include every kind of protein you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> another specific type is swamp gravy, um, which you get from, from okay, after doing a fish fry, you can use the pan drippings plus a thickener to uh, to cook up onions and potatoes and tomatoes and anything else you like uh, as a side dish. Or mushroom gravy. It doesn't have to be meat. You can cook down mushrooms, add roux, make them saucy. Uh, those can be vegetarian and or vegan. Um, or you can make them with stock and butter if you want to. Uh, but what about gravy with none of the proteins or savory main ingredients above? Yes, there is also white gravy, which is basically bechamel. It's southern bechamel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yep. like you start with a roux, you thin it with milk, you season with salt and pepper. Yeah. I yeah. think I think we usually think of something thicker when we say mm. white gravy than yes. you would usually think of when you say bechamel. Yes. Uh, and I feel like an especially in the south it usually does have a meat component yeah yeah for sure um uh and and also um different uh different fats subbed in for the butter like uh bacon or sausage drippings um and then right um uh, you can add some of that sausage back in uh to make something like sawmill gravy yeah right yes there was a i think i've told this story before but in my very small town which has gotten a lot bigger but when i was growing up it's quite small there was a dairy queen and it was Poorly located, Lawrence. It was at the <laughs> intersection, and everybody's trying to turn that way because oh, that's where uh -huh. all the schools were. Oh, you know? uh -huh. yeah, yeah. And, but everybody wanted to go into the Dairy Queen because they had those biscuits and sawmill gravy. So it was like a it, huh. the Dairy Queen caused a traffic snarl up every morning. You knew it. You were like, oh, I gotta avoid the Dairy Queen traffic. Yeah, <laughs> and it was those biscuits and gravy. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, my mm -hmm. I do not recall a Dairy Queen. <laughs> Certainly when I was growing up, ever serving biscuits and gravy. Really? That sounds horrifying and delicious. <laughs> it was pretty good. I think I only got it once in yeah. my life. Again, again you're I like, well, like, that once okay. was fine. That's that's my lifetime allotment. But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. <more. laughs> um, not all things called gravy have thickeners. Um, there is uh, uh, red-eye gravy, which is just ham pan drippings and coffee. Um, but most gravies are indeed thickened with starches, either wheat flour, cornstarch, or some kind of um, industrial agent like maltodextrin. Um, and what's basically going on here is that you are trying to get the fats from your drippings or from your butter or oil that you've added to emulsify into the liquid base of your sauce, be that water or milk or stock or whatever, producing something smooth and creamy and pourable, but not lumpy. No one wants a lumpy no. gravy. Yeah. No one wants lumpy. The Star Wars holiday <laughs> oh, special no. has taught me that. Oh. No, poor lumpy. Poor lumpy. Yeah, it's true. Hmm. Well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as as we frequently also talk about, in addition to the Star Wars holiday special, um, okay, oils and water don't typically want to mix, but there are any number of tricks to get them to do so. And in the case of gravy, your, your trick is that you're making a starch the middleman. Okay. So in cooking a starch, you, you uh, unravel its long 
molecular chains and eventually gelatinize them with with the heat. That that is, you you cause them to open themselves up to to glomming onto water molecules. Um, the then buoyant starches uh, can disperse with the fats more evenly through each other. And you generally start with it with a roux, uh, making a paste of fat and flour so that the starch molecules um, um, cook and, uh, and gelatinize more slowly and evenly and don't clump together as they do. Interestingly, this means that fat is only really a necessary ingredient in gravies when flour is your starch. Because huh. other more, more simple starches like cornstarch or your maltodextrin or whatever it is will glom onto water molecules a lot more easily. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, gravy can be made at home from scratch, uh, or you can buy canned gravy or uh, dried powdered gravy mixes that you reconstitute on the stovetop with water or milk um, and a steady stir. That stir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what about the nutrition? Yeah. It it varies pretty widely depending on yeah. what kind of var- uh, gravy you're talking about. But, I mean... This is usually a uh, calorie dense food. Um, mm. Uh huh. It, it is. It is a sauce. You're not meant to be consuming a great deal of it in any given time. Although I certainly would, and have. Uh, me too. And I've seen it happen <laughs> as well. I've seen it happen. I've always wanted to recreate. There's this episode of Friends where Ross makes this sandwich, and it's a. Thanksgiving sandwich has got turkey, and then in the middle it's got a bread soaked in gravy and oh. gravy on either side. That sounds amazing to me. Yeah. Anyway, he kind of had to go on sabbatical after he freaked out when somebody ate his sandwich, which oh, I understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do um, remember that episode. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. every time I think of gravy, because I do think yeah. like normally you don't get too much of it, but I've seen people put away, and myself included, quite a bit of gravy. Yeah. It's um, it's one of those things that like a like a shared past dish table that I have to watch myself with because mm-hmm. most things I'm like, oh, man, I know I'm only going to eat like like this much, like this little right. bit of it. Like I'm a small human, like I can't fit more than that in my body physically. So mm-hmm. so let's not overdo it here. Uh, but with gravy, I'm like, it's a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it freezes over kind of solid and you're like, oh, huh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes. That's well. Yep. (laughs) We are not the only ones who like gravy, Lauren. We are certainly not, my friend. (laughs) No, we have some numbers for you. We do. According to Food Technology Magazine, 40% of American homes used some sort of dry packaged gravy or sauce mix in 2008. Huh. Um... North America is responsible for some 30% of the global gravy mix market um, more than anywhere else. Uh, The same report said that the overall market for gravy mixes is worth $17 billion a year. What? I'm like, wow. Did I, am I reading the numbers wrong? Mm hmm. Is it, did I, did did I miss where a decimal point should go? People love their gravy, you know. I, and also it depends. What are they including in the gravy category? Sure, sure. A lot of things. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Also, there's a couple things in here that, like, I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you this. Um. Yeah. But all right. The first one is that 
there is a Guinness record for the fastest time to drink a liter of gravy. Ooh. A liter Ooh. of gravy. That's, you know, like like half of a two-liter soda bottle. That's that's a liter of heckin' gravy. And it is 38.22 seconds. Oh. Oh, this, okay. yeah. this was achieved by a dude from Wisconsin um, uh, in 2020. And according to the Guinness Record website, he, quote, previously held this record and trained to take it back. <laughs> so he got knocked off the pedestal. Yeah. No, no, no. And it's like a Rocky montage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, and, okay, the, the accompanying photo on the website has it's him sitting at this table with this empty beaker with a straw stuck in it and and confetti is falling over him in his victory his arms are raised to the sky and confetti <laughs> is falling over him and he is victorious that i mean all right that sounds good yeah you know? i don't know i don't like thinking about the actual doing of the thing but i like this image of the victory yeah 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 mm -hmm. uh, according to all the photos i've seen the way to do this competitively is with a straw anyway oh okay <laughs> <laughs> um there is also a world gravy wrestling championship this is yep. held <laughs> <laughs> this is held nearly every year in England. Um, it did take a break for a couple of years during COVID, but was back this year. Um, and yes, uh, competitors wrestle in Lancashire gravy specifically for two minutes. Uh, and points are awarded uh, for, and I quote, fancy dress, comedy effect, entertainment, and oh, yes, wrestling ability. <laughs> Uh, okay. fa fa fancy dress in this case, meaning, um, uh, fun costumes, not like yeah. a, not like a ball gown. Hmm. Although well, I've seen, could, yeah. I've seen a range, you know, so yeah. yeah. Uh, -huh. uh, the competitors do raise money for charities. Kids who attend this get a chance to go in the gravy too. Um, there are firefighters there to hose down everyone between the bouts. Um, <laughs> it's held in August every year. Uh, and I get that Lancashire gravy is a non-dairy brown gravy, um, maybe sausage-based. Um, oh, one of the sponsors makes black pudding is why I have that concept. But if y'all know, write in and let me know. Oh, please. It's it's like a very <laughs> dark brown gravy uh, that's that's very smooth and sheeny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect for wrestling in, I guess. Perfect <laughs> for wrestling in. <laughs> in August. <laughs> It is cooler in Lancashire in August. That's true. <laughs> but still. Than in like Georgia. Um, but uh, yeah, also specific apologies to you, Annie. Um, Hellman's released a gravy flavored mayonnaise in the UK in March of 2022. Ugh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, my whole body is experiencing. A reaction right now to that, <laughs> and I, it's not a good one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I considered giving you like a like a content warning about that yeah. one before I said it out loud. <laughs> content warning for Annie mentions of mayo <laughs> mixed with gravy. Oh no! No 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 no. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, y'all. Um. Uh, 
there's there's also in slightly less weird news um a uh biscuits and gravy festival every february in louisville um uh, called the gravy cup uh for nine years chefs have competed to present the best biscuits and gravy in three categories uh traditional uh uh pork sausage roux non-traditional uh brown or red eye or chorizo etc and vegetarian uh, they're asked to bring at least six quarts of gravy. For 2023, at least 40 chefs have signed up already. Ooh, VIP ticket holders get a private gravy tasting. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, uh. Pro- proceeds go to the uh, Boys and Girls Haven, which is a uh, foster care uh, support organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a rice and gravy cook-off every year at the International Rice Festival in Louisiana. Uh, that one's in the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is a folk theater production company here in Georgia called Swamp Gravy. <laughs> One of my friend's cousin's nicknames growing up was Swamp Gravy. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a podcast, Gravy, also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good what a good show. Huh. It's true. There's a bunch of gravy facts like that. And, and we're going to pepper... Some of those throughout <laughs> our history section. We are, we are. But uh, first, we are going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, as mentioned, uh, there are a lot of different types of gravy. And the term is sometimes used for things like curry or um, things that I would call sauces, Mm -hmm. uh, which are for sure their own episodes. Apparently in Italy, uh, a lot of things we Americans would call a sauce, they call gravy. There's actually a really interesting breakdown of the divide within Italy of that um, that I read. Yeah. um, And Um, and, and for Italian Americans as well. Sure. Yeah. Specifically. Yep. Um, So uh, please don't be mad if we don't talk about your fave. Uh, but do write in if you've got a specific request or if you have any insights to this whole gravy sauce debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I We do not really go into Sunday gravy in this episode, which, mm-hmm. again, is like kind of like Italian-American for like a like a ragu. Um, mm-hmm. But but yes, definitely its whole own other episode. Um, and 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 yeah, I mean, I mean, basically people have been like cooking down saucy probably meaty stuff uh especially on a day that you have time during yes. like in christian society a sunday um mm-hmm. for a long time yes and i think our bullion episode is particularly applicable here applicable here mm-hmm. because um that was the thing like it it, it made sense because you were saving ingredients but it took so long to do yeah um that not everyone could do it but people were doing it for a long time however just like bullion this whole gravy train <laughs> oh no uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> you know i'm just brimming with puns in this one uh kind of took off at least in europe really took off in like the 1200s 1300s um and one of the ways we know that is because of etymology um hmm. And the etymology on this one is very wonky and confusing. Uh, There's a lot of theories about where the word gravy came from. I think the most, the one most historians agree on is probably from the English, but that's only one of like a couple of theories. Um, But yes, the first English mention of the word gravy appeared in a 1390 book. Um, Medieval cookbooks featured recipes for grave. Um, which makes some people think it's uh, French in in origin. And this was a spiced and sometimes spicy sauce of broth, wine, and or ale with spices. Um, However, the meaning shifted by the end of the 16th century to mean a type of sauce primarily made with meat drippings. And as discussed in previous episodes, yeah, this process was time-consuming, but it did help make less desirable pieces of meat more palatable and it helped stretch food so it's kind of an interesting balancing of those two things because normally we're like it took forever so poor people couldn't do it but if you want to stretch things if you're yeah class and you want to do it so yeah it, yeah interesting um by the 18th century french cooks started really experimenting in the realm of gravy with things like wines thickeners fats and herbs and yes we did talk about that i believe we talked about that in uh, aspects and in our uh, French cooking uh, episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this brings us to our biscuits and gravy aside. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, like I said, when I was searching this, and this could be because of where I am based, of where I am Googling from, but uh, almost, like, I would say a good two-thirds of the results were about biscuits and oh, gravy. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So again, see our biscuit episode. 
But uh, briefly, the popular combo of biscuits and gravy possibly goes back as far as the Revolutionary War here in the U.S., uh, but most historians suggest that its history really begins, it really took off in the late 1800s in southern Appalachia. And one of the biggest industries of the area at the time was the lumber industry. So workers in this industry needed something that would last and fuel them through the very, often very physical workday, a lot of manual labor involved. Mm -hmm. um, and biscuits were common at the time, but they were difficult to make, um, requiring up to an hour of labor from enslaved people or domestic servants. And the resulting product was generally like tougher and drier, less flavorful uh, than most of us are familiar with now when we think of biscuits. So gravy was a way to not only up the calories for more energy, mm -hmm. but gravy also provided this flavor element and texture uh, to the biscuits, softening them up. Um, some historians suggest this is where the name sawmill gravy comes from. <laughs> Others argue it came from the sawdusty hmm. quality because there were some lumps in it still. Um, in the late 1800s, new machinery and items like baking powder or baking soda changed the biscuit landscape, especially here in the South. Um, and as for the gravy bit, it was a way to stretch supplies during times of shortages, often made from sausage, drippings, milk, and flour. Um, and because of this, it was a food often associated with the poor and working class uh, in the South. Oh, and the history of red-eye gravy, which I didn't know what it was. Oh, huh. Uh -huh. I, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, in the South, is it's a mystery. It's a mystery of history. Hmm. And yeah, this is salty ham drippings with coffee. But could go uh, as far back as the 1700s. It was really fun to... I didn't like dig too deep into it because it, it would have derailed the whole thing. But I did do I did do some searches, and it was funny how many people were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely like a different rabbit hole for a different day. I think yeah. we could definitely do, maybe not like a full episode, because again, right, a lot of the historical sources are kind of like, oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but maybe at least, a, at least like a side dish kind of situation. Yes. Yeah. I also really want to talk about oyster gravy, if any listeners Oyster have... gravy. Oh. Yes. Yes, I had to cut myself off from that rabbit hole as well. But I was like, oh, sorry about that, like slightly indecent noise I just made. I was just <laughs> really, I was just like, I've never, because uh, oysters were, I mean, as see, see above our, our oyster episode, but oysters mm -hmm. were so common um, in in the uh, uh, eastern and, and southeastern coast of the U.S. for so long mm -hmm. that, of course, you would make gravy from having cooked down a bunch of oysters. Um, yeah. Oh. And I yeah, and I know uh, in the Northeast, especially, there are a lot of dishes uh, that like stuffing or dressing that include yeah, oysters. Totally. So. Yeah. Oh, which I've never had, and I'm still mad about it. Okay. Yes. All right, listeners, write in, please. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. In 1882, a fellow named Philip Thorne filed a patent for a floury mixture that formed a sort of dough uh, when water was added, and this product was intended. More for making something like biscuits rather than making something like gravy. Um, when it first came out, it was not a success. Uh, it was it still produced kind of a lumpy product, and it, it took decades for people to glom onto these just add water products. Mm -hmm. um, Bisquick, which is a big name in that field, launched in 1931. But uh, really, it wasn't until customers were introduced to boxed cake mixes in the 1950s that the whole idea started to get some serious traction 
Um, and yes, boxed cake mixes, another episode, one oh, that I'm yeah. very, very excited about. Yeah, um, I'm actually shocked we haven't done it yet. I know. I think we've been kind of intimidated. A lot of you yeah. have written in about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really want to. It's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, uh, at first, these boxed cake mixes generally only called for adding some water. But women who were largely doing the cooking didn't really, they didn't like how completely cut off it made them feel from the baking process. So the instructions changed to include adding an egg as well. Yeah, the the issue is is shockingly complicated, perhaps, uh-huh. um, <laughs> as it involves not just that this consumer psychology, but also marketing and you know the um the physical differences that you're going to get between a uh, an all included mix, just add water, uh, versus one that requires fresh eggs. Those are going to be two different products um, on the back end. Uh, so yeah, d- definitely worth a whole episode. Anyway, yes. Uh, the popularity of biscuits and gravy uh, alongside biscuits grew and spread across the country with the introduction of tubed biscuits in the 1930s. So it was kind of like the South really had this biscuits and gravy thing going on. Not that it was only there, but it was like really popping there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. biscuits spread everywhere. And suddenly <laughs> everyone was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely put gravy on this. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And gravy's kind of followed this whole this whole trend that we're talking about. Um, dry mixed gravies really started to take off in the U.S. in the 1960s. Ads from companies like Pillsbury started touting their mixes. The ads are very, very funny. They kind of like daring you, like, try it. We dare you. You'll never look back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the biggest challenges companies faced when it came to these dried packaged mixes was the meat flavor. Mm-hmm. Because as we've been talking about, normally making gravy involves cooking meat and saving the drippings to make a gravy. Um, and the cost of cooking meat for the drippings and then throwing away the meat would have been very, very high. It would have been very, very wasteful. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you get the meat flavor without cooking the meat? Um First, many of these companies that were making these packets used monosodium glutamate, or MSG, developed in Japan. Very much a future episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It was cheap and replicated that meaty taste pretty closely. Uh, Those cost savings were passed on to the customer, and compared to canned gravies at the time, these that made those packets even less expensive, easier to transport. Uh, and lighter in taste, like they weren't as thick and heavy. Uh, chocolate gravy, which I'd heard of, but like never really. That was the end. <laughs> I, like you had heard know the term chocolate gravy, and you were like, right. "Well, no need to investigate that any further." <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, but that's also a big thing here in the South, um, and it most likely took off when Hershey's cocoa powder became widely available in the U.S. And folks wanted to find ways to use it for all kinds of things, not just dessert. Um, but others think that it might have derived from Mexican-style breakfast chocolate or maybe even something like mole, which makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. All right. So so when you say chocolate gravy, you're, you're not talking about a sweet chocolate sauce. You're talking about a gravy, a, a savory gravy that has cocoa mixed into it. Yes, uh, but some people do use it. I think it can be sweet or savory because I think some people use it as sort of like like a clever a name horrible for... Nutella. Um, 
Yeah. Huh? I think okay. so. Because that's what some people were like. It made this like decadent dessert. Other people were talking about it in a much more savory fashion. So I think it, hmm. I think chocolate gravy can wear a lot of hats. All uh, right. But listeners, again, we need you. Yeah. We need your expertise. Um, all right. So sometime during the early 20th century, gravy came to mean easy money. Uh, which either it meant either coming into money by luck or by some scheming or nefarious ways. Um, and researchers think that gravy train, the phrase, originated with railroad workers in the 1920s to refer to an easy but lucrative run. So you're on this train, it keeps All happening, right. you keep getting more money. Great. So, yeah. yeah. I had always heard, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, I had always heard it was... um. This does sound apocryphal now that I'm saying it out loud. But then it was like some at the head of the table at like a a Thanksgiving feast or whatever, you know, the the male provider would just he would have his little like gravy pour, he pour gravy and he would start first. And then you pass on the gravy and it's the gravy train. It's a train of gravy. That's what I had always heard, but I guess not. I don't know. Questions, questions remain. Um, but yes, let me know if you've ever heard that story too. Um, and yes, the innovations in the world of gravy were not over. One problem revolved around the fact that starches in these mixes uh, lumped together, resulting in a lumpy gravy. This problem uh, could be solved if cooks stirred with considerable skill which is a quote. These are, these are the words yeah. of General Mills, a, a representative from General Mills in 1958. Um, many potential solutions were tested, but didn't quite fix the issue. It wasn't until a 1982 carnation patent that a pretty consistent solution was described, and it was basically like heat up the mixture slowly <laughs> and add in the maltodextrin. And innovation continues. Uh, Low-carb gravies, low-fat gravies. Uh, some companies swapped the MSG for something else. Uh, new flavors. Just gravies abound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of technologies around shelf-stable foods, product life, and nutritional value have been developing, um, making these products more convenient, in some cases cheaper, um, uh, certainly uh, capable of, of of lasting longer and providing greater value to the consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, listeners, let us know, because this, this one was definitely like, gravy is such a, a broad and apparently much messier than I knew term. Huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's why. So, th- so this is, I think, when we started a spreadsheet of ideas for the show, Mm-hmm. in whenever the show started mm-hmm. years and years ago um yep. gravy was on your list yes of topics to cover it mm-hmm. was on it was on like your like your like 20 item list of topics mm-hmm. to cover and i looked at it and i said that's ridiculous we can't possibly cover <laughs> gravy it's too wide of a topic yeah and i <laughs> I've been ignoring it ever since, and then I was like, "No, no, we can totally do that." Um, but it is, yeah, it's 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 messy. It's a little bit lumpy. It it, it needs it's the little... lumps whisked out. Yeah, <laughs> y'all, we all need a little bit lumpy. <laughs> oh man. Oh yes. Well, uh, also, we would love to hear from you. 
Not only about all the different types of gravies, but if you're making some this holiday season, what's your traditional gravy? That would be lovely. Yes. Um, And if you do need hints uh, about how to do that, um, for sure, there are so many good guides on the Internet that that explain it in much more detail than I did above um, uh, how to, yeah, how how, how to make it go. Um, Mm -hmm. ask, Ask the Google. Uh, maybe throw the word science in your search term if you want to really understand. If you want a good breakdown, um, and 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 may the may the gravy be with you. May the gravy be with you. Hmm. Um, well, that's what we have to say about gravy for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Like a train. A gravy train. (laughs) (laughs) I was very confused about the hand motions you were making. I was like, is this a gravy hula? What's happening? Yeah. I I was getting like Dragon Ball Z vibes, but I can understand that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I was going to do like a waterfall thing. A lot of, you know, a lot of ideas flash before my eyes, but this is what we arrived at. Yeah. That's, yeah. Heck Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. 
Christine wrote, I was interested to hear the possibility that morels crossed land bridges and supercontinents into Australia. It is possible to buy dried morels relatively easily here in Australia, though at do I need to consider flogging a kidney prices? Huh. So I wondered, is it possible these are native mushrooms? And having consulted the Milkwood Permaculture and Foragers Network, I can confirm that not only do we have native morels in Australia, we have three different varieties. Morchella australiana, which is found in eastern Australia. Morchella rufa bronea. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm not butchering all of these. Uh, known in other parts of the world, which is found mostly in western Australia. It's closer to Asia, so the land bridges were open longer. And another, which appears after bushfires. Morchella australiana australiana is most plentiful in a wet spring and even though it's late spring here i think it might be a little too wet much of the country where it's found is currently underwater and nearby towns have been evacuated due to floods knowledge of australian native mushrooms is sadly very sparse however as our first nations people are starting to establish lucrative native food businesses and as white people are slowly starting to pay attention to their wisdom i'm hoping this will change oh yeah yeah, that's awesome. I mean, thanks for doing that legwork and letting yeah. us know. Because um, I really had no idea about that. And that's a great question. I love that kind of like curiosity of, huh, I wonder, I wonder if this could have grown here. And now? And now? now yep. The answer is know. yeah. <laughs> yes. And I do love, I do love mushrooms and I crave them all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> any mushroom facts are appreciated. Oh, always, always. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe wrote. Oh my goodness, hot chocolate. With it being the season and all, I had to tell you about one of my family's Christmas traditions. My dad always makes Filipino chocolate on Christmas morning. Uh, chocolate is made from a tablia, which is a tablet or ball of uh, pure roasted cacao beans. Tablia can be sweetened or unsweetened. We usually get the sweetened kind. It's traditionally prepared by putting the tablia with hot water in a special kind of pitcher and uh, beating with something like a Mexican molinillo until thick and frothy. We're not that fancy, though, and Dad just dissolves the tablia in water in a small saucepan, stirring constantly with a spoon until everything is dissolved. He then pours the chocolate into tiny mugs, and we sip it while opening presents. I honestly can't imagine a Christmas without it. You can use milk instead of water, but in my opinion, it makes it almost too indulgent because you want to keep going back for more throughout the morning. The chocolate from the tablia makes the whole thing uh, dark, a little bitter, and very thick with a little bit of graininess to it. It's totally unlike any hot chocolate made with cocoa powder in both texture and flavor, so I think you should give it a try. Uh, Lauren, especially if you get the unsweetened tablia and add sugar to your liking and skip the milk altogether like we do. Um, My dad always stocks up on locally made tablia when we visit the Philippines. There's a place in Paris called Angelina's that's known for its hot chocolate, and I definitely think it's worth the hype. It's basically like drinking a melted dark chocolate bar. Their pastries are excellent too, especially the Mont Blanc, a French meringue, whipped cream, and sweet chestnut puree. I love introducing the place to people when they go to Paris for the first time. Ooh, nice tip. Oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's written about the Mont Blanc before. Uh, so we'll have to come back and revisit right. that one. Right. Yeah, I remember. I definitely remember reading about it somewhere. Maybe, maybe it indeed was in uh, listener mail. Um, and mm-hmm. and these, these tablia remind me of um, there are forms of like hot chocolate mixes that, yeah, are these kind of like concentrated cacao tablets that that from what I understand you're supposed to make 
very much like this that are a more like traditional central to South American preparation. I think I have a block of that chocolate in my home right now. Um, yeah. So yes. yeah, new new Christmas morning tradition. Yes, let's that do it. Lovely. That sounds right? like such a beautiful tradition. Um, a lot of you have written in about hot chocolate, so we're excited to share those. And I forgot to mention in that episode. I've also had, I've had dark drinking chocolate, and it is amazing. Huh. It's so mm. good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Thank you to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.